You're listening to Mind Over Matter on WRBB 104.9 FM with Maris and Shamile. Thanks for tuning back in for our third episode. This is Shamile. And this is Maris. We are back today with Mind Over Matter, a mental health podcast. Mental health matters. Let's talk about it. Today, we will be talking about the holiday blues. (sighs) Tis the season. Absolutely. With the end of the semester comes the holidays. While that is the most exciting time of year for some, it is also arguably the most stressful for others. Definitely. But before we get started, we want to give our listeners a content warning. This podcast may include sensitive topics, including mental health struggles. If you are struggling with mental illness or suicidal thoughts, the hotline is 1-800-273-8255 and is available to call 24 hours a day. Again, that is 1-800-273-8255. Let's get started. So what are the holiday blues? Well, according to NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, holiday blues are the temporary feelings of anxiety and depression during the holiday season that can be associated with the extra stress, unrealistic expectations, or even memories that accompany the season. Okay, so that makes sense. And holiday blues differ from general anxiety and depression because these feelings are temporary. Definitely, but please note that short-term problems should still be addressed because they can lead to longer-term mental illness. Exactly. And for those who struggle with general anxiety and depression, the holidays can be an even more difficult time. You know, I really didn't realize that holiday blues were a real thing until, you know, we went and did a little bit of research on it. I mean, I personally get really stressed and anxious during the holidays, but I didn't realize that a lot of other people felt the same way. Um, So we found a survey conducted by NAMI, and it was reported that 64% of the respondents were affected by holiday blues. Yeah, and the change in weather can cause someone to feel holiday blues. However, this is not the same as SID, seasonal affective disorder, right, Shmile? Yeah, um, so people with SAD suffer from a clinical disorder, quite literally the way the biology in their body works, whereas holiday blues are more situational, so it comes from the sadness that is psychologically based. And the symptoms for these are different as well. Since holiday blues are situational, those feelings are limited to that time of year. Whereas sad can last for months and brings on a lot of physical and emotional symptoms, symptoms like sleeping issues, irritability and anger, and or a desire of isolation. Sad is a huge, really important topic that we really do want to talk about in a future podcast. Um, Unfortunately, for time's sake, we're just going to continue talking about holiday blues, right? (laughs) Yeah, so for the holidays, a change in environment and routine happens. For me, I go home over winter break in between semesters, and it's a really weird time because you feel like you're in this limbo state between two completely separate lives that you're living, and for me, that adjusting period can honestly be really scary and put me in an iffy place. Yeah, I definitely think a lot of our listeners can relate to that. I mean, the holidays are great because they bring a lot of people together, people go home and visit with family, friends. And the idea of that sounds lovely and all, and it often is, but not always. For some people, being with family can be really overwhelming. Some people also have to go home to a family that doesn't completely accept them as who they are. Yeah, and I talk about my family so much. I love them. But home itself is associated with a lot of bad memories for me from, like, my childhood and high school. So remembering those moments in my past brings me a lot of anxiety, and that can be pretty harmful to my mental health. Yeah, and for some people, coming to college is a time to truly be themselves. So when they're returning back home, it can cause people to regress into worse mental states. Personally speaking, being in college is this whole new 
world of independence for me. And with that, I am continuously becoming more and more myself. So when I go home, I have to be really intentional about staying true to who I am. Yeah, and there's also a lot of seasonal factors that can trigger holiday blues as well. What are a few of them, Shmile? I think the most notable are changes in your routine and changes in your diet. The holiday season brings a lot of parties, eating out, increased alcohol consumption. Yeah, and then all of these things can seriously affect your mood and your mental health. And I'm a huge advocate for the belief that nutrition and physical health is linked to mental health. So when you're eating perhaps a bunch of Pillsbury Christmas cookies and a box of Franzia, as some people may do during this time of year, it isn't going to make you feel so good. But with that being said, it's okay to indulge and have those sweets. My mom always tells me it's about balance. Absolutely. Holiday blues can come from huge changes in your diet. So just being aware of these changes and the repercussions are really important. Not telling you that you shouldn't eat sweets, um, but just being conscious about it is important in tackling the holiday blues. Yeah, so don't just sit down and eat an entire pie if you're not feeling well that day. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And you don't have to wait until your New Year's resolutions to commit to taking care of yourself. I personally always use it as an excuse to feel kind of crappy about myself over the holidays because I tell myself that I'll put in more effort over the New Year, which doesn't always happen. But it's important to take care of yourself every day, and I'm constantly reminding myself that no matter what time of year. So if the holidays have you feeling down, this is especially important. Yeah, that's a great point. And another tip for dealing with a change of routines is trying to stick to your normal routine as much as possible. When I'm jumping from my day-to-day life in college and then going back home, it's a completely different routine. Honestly, going back home, there is no routine. So that's pretty difficult for me. But when you're able to find one or two things in your routine to be strict about not changing when you go back home, that can be really helpful. Yeah, that's definitely a big struggle for me as well, because it is just really hard to keep consistent. Um, So if you find that one thing in your regular routine at school or wherever you are to carry on to your routine during break, and you continue that or try to at the same approximate time every day, that for one thing can give you a lot of structure. It is for me that lack of structure that is always what hurts my mental health the most, so it helps when I make little promises to myself, like to always do my skincare routine at night or to always spend time with my sister or family. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be different for everyone, but that one routine that kind of keeps you structured throughout your day, try to figure out a way to carry it on, even if it means like, okay, every night I'm doing, like Mara said, that 9 o'clock skincare routine. Um, I also find it really helpful to keep your mind busy. I think during the holiday time, especially for college students going home for winter break, there's a lot of downtime, and that's kind of when those dark thoughts can creep in. Yeah, so instead of laying in bed and sleeping all day, I try to catch up on movies that I miss during this semester and books that I haven't had time to read for a while. I also keep busy by working, so anything that really keeps you from falling into a place that you don't want to go into, I think. Yeah, definitely. I'm a little different in that I'm a planner, so I personally start planning out my next semester and all the things I want to do. I love goal setting. Um, But I also have to remind myself it's good to take a break. That's, you know, what that time is for and just to relax. So during that, I like to bake with my little brother or watch NPR Tiny Desk with my sister. Shamil is literally always watching NPR Tiny Desk. Okay, wait, but it's really good. (laughs) If you haven't seen it yet, I really recommend you watch it. This isn't paid sponsorship or anything, but it's basically just artists performing at a tiny desk, and it's beautiful, and it's great for the mental health. All right, all right, let's calm down. Back to the podcast. (laughs) 
Holidays bring a lot of parties and social interactions as well. We talked about how overwhelming being with family can be, but how do we deal with being around perhaps a lot of people or perhaps with people we don't necessarily get along with? Yeah, that's a great question. I think holiday gatherings bring a lot of people together. Some people you might hardly know, not know at all, and are uncomfortable with. So for some people with anxiety, how do you handle that? I think the best advice I can give is walking away. I am not a doctor or anything, neither of us are, but um, I think walking away and removing yourself from a situation can sometimes be the best idea. Um, so, you know, when Uncle Jim starts making inappropriate jokes, that might be cute to leave and go help your mom out with the dishes or something. Easier said than done, of course, for some people. Yeah, or when you get into a fight with your dad who doesn't understand or support you, FaceTime with your supportive friends and vent. Finding those supportive people in your life and leaning on them for support during this time is essential, and that's what they're there for, and they care about you. For sure. Another important thing, which is something that I regularly struggle with, is setting boundaries. Um, during this time, returning home to potentially toxic people from your past, to set boundaries of what you will and will not tolerate is really important. Back to that point earlier on how I have to stay true to myself when I go back home, I have to be intentional about what I'm willing to handle and what just isn't worth it anymore. Yeah, and I always end up running into those toxic friends that we talked about at parties and gatherings from high school, and it's really stressful. But I have to remind myself that it's temporary, and yes, it's going to be awkward. There's nothing you can do about that, but all you can do is be kind and stay uninvolved. Yeah, it's. I think it's a lot about setting realistic expectations. Ideally, you want to think that the holidays are going to be great and fun and like your average Hallmark movie, but realistically, something may happen. You may feel anxious or sad at some points, but it's temporary, hopefully, and you get to move on afterwards. And, and by holding on to the good memories of the holidays rather than the bad, again, easier said than done. Yeah, but just don't allow yourself to be drawn into the drama that these toxic people feed off of. You're better than that, and it doesn't serve you or your mental health. Always, always, always remember that you have absolutely no social or familial obligation to be victimized ever. You are the most important person to take care of. You might not be able to tell, but I'm snapping right now. <laughs> and with that seamless transition, let's talk about social media. It can be the worst during this time of year. Yeah, so true. Everyone on social media during the holidays looks like they're having a grand old time, and that can be really damaging to see. Ugh, yes. I always see friends or people I kind of know posting about their expensive vacations or snuggling up with their significant other by the fire. <laughs> and to be honest, that's hard to see, though. But I always have to remind myself that these people, and you know myself included, are only showing their best self on social media. And it might not be as great as it seems. People just aren't showing you that hard stuff. I mean, I never do. I don't know anyone who does. So why would it be any different for other people? Yeah, and it might even be a good time to take a social media cleanse. I have a lot of friends who opt out of social media every once in a while to just take a break and focus on themselves. If you feel like you're spending too much time on the gram and it's affecting your mood, delete the app or even set a time limit. Actually, I think that the iOS update has something on that where you can set a time limit on how much time you spend on each app. I don't know if you know Yeah, that. I haven't updated my phone in 10 years, so I have no uh -oh. idea. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, but there are apps for that. I know that for sure. Yes, and like we said, remember that you have no obligation to keep up with everyone all the time. 
Even if you need a break from close friends and family, just let them know that you'll be MIA for a little while and they'll understand, you know, everyone needs to do that sometimes. Definitely. But also, make sure not to isolate yourself completely. As we talked about before, having those people who love and support you unconditionally can be really essential to getting through this difficult time. Yeah, and I think that ties great into finding a healthy balance. This break is also a great time to reevaluate things. This downtime might be a good time to think about the people in your life and if they are serving you in a healthy way. Absolutely. I mean, self-reflection is always important to be doing on a regular basis, but going into the new year, it's an even better time for that. So what are you doing on a regular basis to help improve your mental health, if anything? What are some barriers that you currently have in terms of improving your mental health? Yeah, like we mentioned before, I think toxic people can really hold you back from improving yourself. If there's someone in your life who is constantly bringing you down, it might be good to consider if that relationship is healthy for you. And the best thing you can do to get rid of a toxic relationship is to be firm and set boundaries. If you're going away for the holidays, this might be an easy way to take space from some people. And in that time, if you find that you are doing better without this person, it might be a good idea to continue this space into the new year. And just always remember, it is not your job to save this person or anyone in your life. You have to focus on yourself and what brings you happiness, and other people need to do that for themselves as well. So if it's hard for you to do, set it as a New Year's resolution to push yourself. Speaking of New Year's and New Year's resolutions, what are some mental health resolutions that some of our listeners might want to consider? Yeah, well for me, my mental health resolution is to just not let myself be defined with one label. I don't want to just be someone who's depressed or someone who is anxious. I want to add an action item onto it. So when I'm feeling worse, I want to add a goal to help myself. Like to say, my depression is affecting me more today, so I'm going to spend extra time outside to manage that. This way, I'm actively trying to help myself instead of letting myself get into a worse place. Yeah, it's a really great one. Um, I think it's really important to take some time and really reflect on what you need to make this new year even better. It took me a while to come up with mine, and it's still a work in progress, but I think it's really worthwhile to just sit with yourself and be thoughtful about it. Um, I think that's the best way to be effective and actually, you know, get it done. Yeah. <laughs> and what is your mental health resolution? Um, my mental health resolution is to act instead of react. Um, I'm naturally just a really empathetic person, so the actions of others affect me so heavily. Um, so I'm want to come up with a mental list of disarming statements that allow me to not get so caught up with that. Thanks for sharing, Shamile. <laughs> and I know New Year's resolutions seem cheesy, and we always hear that they're not effective, but I think perhaps if you're at that point in your life when you really do need things to turn around for your mental health, I would definitely take advantage of the new year in setting goals. Goal setting has been shown countless times to be effective in mental illness management, it's something that I personally benefit from on a regular basis. I have always struggled with New Year's resolutions because they can be too broad and vague. I personally really need it to be specific and measurable. Yeah, where I need it to be more broad. So you can find what works for you, and you don't need New Year's to start setting these goals. Some other great mental health resolutions are to exercise more, spend more time outside, practice mindfulness through meditation, see a therapist, connect with old friends again, make new friends, or get involved with mental health advocacy in your community. 
I love, 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 love that last <laughs> one. When I personally started getting involved with advocacy for mental health and reducing the stigma associated with mental illness, I didn't expect it to actually be beneficial for my own mental health. I just wanted to help out. But it really was. It was just so great to connect with some people that care about a lot of the same things as me and that can support me in different ways. So I really, really, really recommend (laughs) to our listeners to do that if that's something you are interested in. Yeah, absolutely. 2019 is going to be the year we start caring about our mental health and supporting the people around us in their own mental health journey. And on that lovely note, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Happy holidays and happy new year. And before we go, we want to plug Active Minds at Northeastern University. Maris and I are both a part of the club, which works to decrease the stigma behind mental illness on college campuses. The club meets Mondays at 6 p.m. in 411L Hall. Please check them out on Facebook for more information. And Mind Over Matter will continue to have bi-monthly podcasts in the new year, so tune back in for our next episode and share it with your friends. Thank you so much, and please take care of yourselves this holiday season. Mental health matters. Let's talk about it. This episode of Mind Over Matter was hosted by Maris McGinnis and Shmael Aldossary. Our producers are Catherine Garcia, WRBB's podcast director, and Parker Brown, WRBB's general manager. This episode of Mind Over Matter was mixed and edited by Benjamin Harrell. Special thanks to the WRBB leadership staff, Northeastern University, and Northeastern Student Activity Fee for funding this podcast. Our theme music is Nature's Voice by Oshova. Head to wrbbradio.org where you can find the latest episodes of all of our podcasts, listen to our internet live stream, and read up on the latest music reviews. And make sure to follow us on all social media at WRBB Radio. Thanks for tuning in.